Hello everyone, I'm Jonah Gentleman, and welcome to the A-Tech Experience. This is our very first episode, and I'm excited to just sort of introduce something new. This is A-Tech's very first podcast, hosted by students, completely run by students, and for students, right? Uh, it'll be great. We're going to have three segments, just to tell you a little bit more about the podcast. First, will be dedicated to school announcements, important things that are happening, uh, just to make sure you catch up on the news, because I know a lot of you don't check your emails, although you should. So I'll talk about that first. Next, we'll have community call-ins. You can't see what I'm doing air quotes when I say that, uh, where you have a chance to submit personal advertisements or ask for advice or just talk about things. I don't know. If you just want to appear on the podcast, you can also anonymously. You can go ahead and submit a call-in at the Google Form link below where we'll talk about that. And then the third and final part of the podcast will feature a interview with a random person from a tech whether that be faculty alumni or a current student i really love the interview i did today uh she was a wonderful guest and i think you guys really like that interview and you'll get to hear more about it um soon but first i want to go ahead and get straight in to school announcements so let's go ahead and talk about that First, there is an inner council meeting for all clubs on Monday, January 11th. This is our monthly inner council meeting, so clubs, make sure you join. There will be some important things discussed for upcoming events online that you won't want to miss. So I encourage all club presidents and vice presidents to show up on Monday, January 11th. Next is something new that is being first announced on here, Senior Game Night. All you seniors who have been looking for some extra school spirit, things to do, don't worry. We've got you covered. There'll be an online game night on the January 22nd that's going to be hosted on a Discord server, and seniors can just hang out together and play games such as Minecraft, Among Us, Roblox, and more. All the hottest new stuff. Hopefully it'll be fun. I know I'll be there, and you should too, Mavericks. So make sure you join that. Next up, today is the end of the talent show audition so if you haven't already submitted an audition make sure you do that right now because the talent show will be hosted on the 29th that's right and it'll be streamed live on twitch and youtube at our ata stuco channels make sure you tune into that that'll be a fun fun stream and you know of course i'll host it and we'll have a lot of lot of fun with it so sign up for your audition submit that if you haven't already but if you can't do that Make sure you watch a talent show. It's going to be great. Uh, and then next, something a little more serious. Um, as you all know, our uh, beloved physics teacher, Mr. Dixon, passed away last year. And the memorial service is being held next Friday. Um, there's been options to submit, you know, things that you'd want to be there. So if you submitted that, we appreciate it. But for now, uh, we just strongly encourage everyone to attend. It'll be a very important thing. Um, Mr. Dixon was a wonderful teacher that a lot of people loved. And, you know, hopefully just make the memorial service great. Um, so make sure you show up on Friday. Uh, it'll be online. The link has been sent in your emails. All right. And following that, we have one community announcement today from Edward Perez Herrera here to talk about their club. Uh, the club is AI Society, and if you don't know, AI stands for Artificial Intelligence. Uh, at AI Society, they focus on learning about and developing AI. They typically discuss 
all aspects of AI, such as how it affects us and in what use cases it's appropriate, as well as how to develop an AI through different methods, such as neural networks, machine learning, and deep learning. Wow, that is some advanced stuff. I expect nothing less from ATEC. Uh, if you're interested in joining, they meet every Friday after class from 2 to 3 p.m. at a link posted down below in the description. Uh, so make sure you look into that because it is definitely very cool. I've seen them meet before and they do some great stuff there. So if you would like to be featured on our community announcement segment, then make sure you look at the Google form linked in the description of this podcast, and you can fill that out to announce anything you want, whether it's a personal thing, whether it's a club thing, or maybe you want to ask a question to any listeners out there or to me. Um, Yeah, totally up to you. I recommend you fill it out. Uh, It'll be very, very cool. But yeah, that's all we have for you today. So let's get straight into the interview. This week's guest is Naika Belazare. She's a junior in A-Tech, and I wanted to have her on the podcast for the awesome things she did. She helped bring the newest class to A-Tech, the African-American Experience. I know, very similar name, but we talked a lot about that. We talked about her inspiration for creating this class, what the process was like, any resistance she faced, and what she hopes people get from the class. It was great conversation. I enjoyed talking to her, and I hope you guys enjoy listening to it. As a reminder, if you have someone you'd like to see on the podcast, they, whether they're an ATEC alumni, ATEC faculty, or an ATEC student, you can let me know and suggest uh, a guest in the Google form linked below. I know, keep mentioning it. But yeah, the Google form below is for both you know, community, personal announcements, and guest suggestions. So use that Google form because I want as much input as possible. This is a podcast for our school, so I want all of the listeners to be able to have an input and be able to be a part of this community project. So without further ado, here's the interview. Welcome, uh, Naika Belazare to the podcast. Thank you very much for coming on. It's uh, good to have you. Uh, thank you for having me. It's good to be here. Yeah. So um, the main reason I just wanted to have you on as our first guest, uh, just because I think right now uh, we're going through a time of current events where, you know, this sort of transition in power has been very um, significant for a lot of minority communities and talk about that. So I wanted to invite someone who has had a real impact on um, dealing with racial injustice. And that is Naika because she has brought a new class to ATEC starting next year, the African American experience. And this is an uh, elective class, correct? Yeah. Great. So uh, I guess I just wanted to talk about why, when did this first start? When did you first start thinking about wanting to make this class? And what was your just immediate sort of action? Um, Well, I first started thinking of this class, I think about freshman year, because Black Student Union, we like to go to these seminar things where we meet with other Black Student Unions and we converse with each other, communicate. And also at those meetings, we get to meet with the superintendent of education. And at those meetings, a lot of the times we would we got to ask him questions. And one of the times a student um, spoke up and she asked him, when are we going to get an African-American studies class for ourselves? Because a lot of times we don't have that class in Nevada. But the only answer that we would get from the superintendent would be, um, we're working on it. And every single time we had those meetings, it was always the same, we're working on it. So I guess, in 2020, around the time that the quarantine started, I um, 
just randomly started thinking about it again. And my mind went to the fact that I was sick of waiting. I didn't want to hear another, we're working on it. So I started researching and I, I went on Google and looked up how to make your own African-American studies class. And an article cool. popped up that was about this teacher in Las Vegas. Um, and I think it's Sierra Vista High School. His name is Mr. Brown. And he got an award for being um, one of the best teachers there. And he also taught African-American studies. And I was like, wait, so there's a class, a school has a class. So I took the liberty of emailing him and he told me how he just talked to his principal and how he got it together. And I was like, okay, so this is what I'm going to have to do. And yeah, after that, I just contacted Mr. Seinold and I started working on what I had to do to get the class together. So that's awesome. So <laughs> I love that you just looked up how to create a, a African-American studies class. <laughs> so this yeah. Mr. Brown from Sierra Vista, have you uh, talked to him any more after uh, this initial email or is it just sort of like, uh, you clearly know what you're doing. How can I bring this to my school? Was it just sort of one off or did you talk? More? Um, I I talked to him a couple times because it was ongoing emails. He really, he was really, really interested in trying to help me get this class um, going in any way that he could. Um, and even though I knew that this, this was something that I had to do myself, he was really, really helpful. And I did contact him a couple um, months ago because there was a little um, speed bump in the way and I had to figure all that out and I needed his help to help convince the teachers to allow me to get the class so or at least the administration okay all right so yeah the administration so what uh what was this sort of speed bump in the process if you don't mind me asking um well at first, everything was going very, very smooth. Mr. Seinald was um, ready to help me make the class when I first presented it to him. Mm. But then um, that was in the summer. And then when school started, I asked him about it again. I told him how I was ready to start talking about it and everything. And he was kind of hesitant. Um, he said how he doesn't believe, um, how he didn't believe that the class would have an interest and that oh. at the moment they were just too busy with, um, since Mr. Eason retired, he said he doesn't think we have teachers, he doesn't think there's going to be an interest in the class. And he did try to offer me another class, which was, um, it wasn't African American history based, it was a class about all cultures and about, I didn't really understand the syllabus, it was just said that it was a class that um recognized all cultures in america which i didn't really support myself because i really wanted this african-american class because we really needed to learn about african-american history um so when he told me about that um i had already did the work during the summer to create a form for people to sign yes, um, yeah, so, um, that, that said yeah it was to tell um for them to sign it, it would show that they had an interest or wanted the class at ATEC. So I had about 90 people who signed that form. And then I had already emailed teachers before in the summer as well and asked them if they wanted to teach and I got some replies back. And so I presented that information to him, but I also knew that I needed some more. Um, so I contacted Mr. Brown and asked him if he had a syllabus for his class. So I also presented the syllabus to Mr. Seinel so that I could show him that this is basically what the class could be like and I gave him 
um, the form and the teacher's um, responses to show him that there was an interest in the class and there were teachers that wanted to actually teach it too. Wow. Okay. Well, that's awesome. That is, uh, that's really cool that you sort of said no, like I'm not going to settle for just this generic sort of all cultures class it doesn't make sense. I want African American studies specifically, and I know that there's interest. So I'm curious about this interest form. Did Mr. Seidel know about it before um, there was this hesitation at the beginning of the school year? Or like, did he ask you if you like, or did he say if like, if you want this class, you need to have this interest form? Or is it something you did independently? Um, it's kind of both. When I first contacted him about it, he said that I needed to find a way to know that students wanted the class and that and that the only way that the class could happen if there was an interest. And then it was kind of a that was basically the answer. It was mostly open ended. And mm. um, he just told me that when school started, that's when we'll talk about it. But uh, I knew that okay. if I was going to have it happen, I needed the information and the evidence at that moment. And I'm really glad that I did because it helped me get the class running. Yeah, that's awesome. And you shared the form purely through social media, right? Or what was that sort of process? Yes. It was, yeah. It okay. was purely through social media. <laughs> well, that's awesome. Yeah, no, that's great. And I think that, you know, if, if there was even more, uh, I, I mean, there's only so much you could do to spread that, I guess, but just through social media, getting 90 people interested in like actually like wanting to take the class, that's really awesome. So uh, but I'm curious, though, you mentioned that, you know, Mr. Brown had sent you a syllabus. Um, I guess we can sort of talk about what did this syllabus sort of entail? And what do you ex hope or expect to see like in this class? What do you want it to sort of look like, I guess? Well, in the syllabus, it was actually it's to me, it was mind blowing to think that that was something that could be taught because in the syllabus not only did it talk about the history of African Americans and it wasn't just you know um, a lot of our history talks about just slavery and how that's what African Americans come from yeah. but it also talked about you know our background in Africa and how we did more we weren't not just slaves we did more than that with the kingdoms and everything that we came from it talked about everything that not only had to do with Africa but also with America and not only that but all the places that African-Americans can come from. And then it delved more into, uh, well, after the history, it delved more into our contributions to America and how these are what African-Americans invented, what we, um, the social movements that we did, um, the activism, everything that black people um, contribute to society, the hip hop, the culture, the fashion. It, the syllabus had its, um, Basically, it was categories where it started off with history and then delved more into present and even into the future of what African-American society can look like if we um, ourselves would work on it and um, work on the future of ourselves. So it was really, really uh, detailed and really specific. It wasn't um, too broad and just talked about, oh, we'll maybe talk about this. He was very specific about it. He had pinpoints of what periods he would talk about and everything. So it was an, um, it was exactly what I wanted our class to look like. Um, 
So basically for the African-American experience class, I want a class that not only delves into our history, but talks about what African-Americans contribute to our society. Because I know a lot of the time that in the classes that we do learn from, it talks a lot about what um, white people contribute to society or how um, it says that a lot of society, it's like, I've heard the word, it's a melting pot in that um, all cultures are coming together and we take everything from it. But I know a lot of times um, cultures don't get credit for what they do. Like you might use um, something from another culture, but uh, a lot of time it's cultural appropriation that happens. Like a white person will be congratulated for something they did when black people, when it comes from black people or black people have done all the time. So I would love to see in this class that we are taught about what black people have contributed, what we have made, what we have done and everything that is about our culture and our history and even our future. So, yeah. Wow, that is, that is great. And I, I, I really definitely uh, get what you're talking about where the, the African-American culture for most of America history is just reduced to slavery. And that is like the biggest mention that you know black culture gets in normal american history classes and i definitely get how that's just you know it 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 is like this this focus on suffering uh is just like so ignorant of all of like there's there you know there's so much more to black culture that you know um normal history just sort of papers over and i think it's really great that you know this you know there's finally a opportunity to explore that for people you know who often feel erased by normal very white centered history classes so that's really cool um to hear uh so the next thing i want to ask you about is sort of i mean obviously i there are a lot of uh black students that you know would want to see this class but wouldn't have taken as much initiative as you would have do you think that um your childhood in a way has made you or like has your like parents sort of made you a very um activist sort of person or why or do you like just because sort of why do you think that you have like you know are willing to go the extra mile with this sort of stuff i know you are have a haitian background uh so i'm just sort of curious about like you know what your upbringing is like and whether your family sort of um wanted you to be outspoken or you know just what that was like um it's quite the contrary actually my mother and my family would rather have me well i know that my mother would rather have me not push myself out there very much or push for things like this um it's not that she doesn't want change it's more that she wants me to like be safe in a little bubble that doesn't because she knows that if I do these things I could face controversy and a lot of people could come at me for doing things that I'm passionate about Mm. but I've even though she kind of tells me that I shouldn't push so hard I think it motivates me to push harder I don't know in some way I'm just like I know that some change can happen and I don't want to be the person that just sits back and doesn't do anything. I want to try to do something. And I know that if I try, then at least I tried. If I didn't try, then I might've been, I might've helped something bad happen. So a lot of times in my childhood, I don't, I've always thought in a way that's, 
Um, if it's not happening, let me do it. Mm. Uh, so I guess that contributes to it. A lot of, if it was in middle school, elementary school, whatever, if I wanted something to happen, I basically did it. So I think that's how I got to this part. But I know that um, even with the kind of anti-activism attitude that my family does portray, a lot of the times um, we are taught about our Haitian culture, which is very activism kind of, because mm, okay. especially with the Haitian revolution being yeah, yeah. the first successful black um, slave revolution that made us free. And I'm taught about that all the time. And I'm, I really, really love my culture. So just having that background and knowing that um, my people, we fight for what we want and we don't stop fighting until we get it. So I think that also contributes to who the, the person that I am today. Wow. Yeah. So are you a first generation immigrant? Uh, did your parents, uh, were your parents born here or did they come from Haiti? Um, or I'm curious. Uh, yeah, my parents were immigrants. Okay. Um, I'm a first generation American in my family. Wow. That's awesome. That's very, very cool. So I guess sort of talking about just um, more like new things that you're doing. Um, I think there's something that's very interesting with a lot of um, immigrant families is, you know, a lot of first generation uh, kids are encouraged to go to, you know, or I think sometimes they're encouraged to go to college, get an education, while others are encouraged, you know, stay and just immediately go to work or do stuff like that. What has your experience been with your parents? Do you plan on pursuing higher education? Do your parents want you to pursue higher education? And how has your uh, sort of like background affected that? Uh, my parents definitely want me to pursue a higher education. Mm -hmm. um, throughout my life, I have been, my mother has worked very, very hard to make sure that my family is able to survive in America. And even though um, helping her out by getting a job and just staying at home with the family instead of going to college would really help my family a lot. I know that I would disappoint her if I ever tried to. Mm. And so college is really pushed onto me. And not only that, but I really want to go to college and I really want to pursue a career in law to help people in the future. So that also pushes me forward to get a higher education. Oh, all right. Nice. Law. Um, so what uh, what sort of uh, what type of law are you interested in? Um, criminal. Oh, yeah. <laughs> no, that's cool. That's very yeah. cool. So is that why, because um, I noticed a little bit ago, you'd mentioned Mr. Eason, um, ha like had your conversation with Mr. Eason, like while, like, you know, majoring in law here, um, is that like, was he interested in like, or like, did you talk to him about this class or stuff like that? Or why uh, was like Mr. Eason important in the process? Oh, Mr. Eason, um, he was, he retired from ATEC. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I would say he was, um, he is the reason why Mr. Seinold at first um, was hesitant because after Mr. Eason retired, they had to look for new teachers. And Mr. Oh, Seinold, it was, so it was just for like, oh, just like yeah. teacher count stuff. Okay. Yeah. All right. Cool. All right. Um, so I guess just talking about uh, ATEC in general, uh, do you think, you know, obviously, uh, you know, it has been successful at other schools like Sierra Vista, you know, talking with this teacher, Mr. Brown, you got the inspiration there. Uh, do you think that ATEC's environment 
uh, is was very good for like, you know, creating this class. Do you think in a public school, you could have had the same positive reaction to creating the class? Uh, or do you like, I, I guess sort of the question is, do you think a text environment is unique um, in how we are a lot more diverse in a way than certain public high schools? How does that sort of affect your understanding of like education um, and, you know, diversity? Um, I'd say, at least in the schools that I've been, I wouldn't, um, A-Tech is not the most diverse school that I've ever been yeah, to. Yeah, sure. Uh, yeah. Yeah. But um, I know that with our environment, I had a lot of people who wanted to help me get this class going, but I also had a lot of people who didn't want me to get the class going. So um, I would say that ATEC's environment I, is very similar to any other public school's environment. Although we are small and we're a magnet school and everything like that, um, I feel like I would have had either the same reaction in a public school or a um, more excited reaction at a public school because even though ATEC is somewhat diverse and I did have a lot of um, positive reactions, I know that a lot of people are more at ATEC, it's more about APs mm. and getting class credit up. So knowing that this is just a small elective that doesn't, you know, give you more credit or doesn't boost your GPA. A lot of times I know that ATEC students would rather not take it because either their schedule's already full or they're leaning towards an AP class. Hmm. So yeah, at a public no, school. Yeah. Yeah, at a public school where the demand for an AP class or um, GPA boosts are not so grand, I think that I would either I would have had um, a more a positive reaction. Okay, that's interesting. Yeah, no, I I guess I don't really think that because I I guess I am sort of one of those students that just you know hyper focuses on AP stuff that uh, you sort of miss out on opportunities to, you know, take, you know, generally interesting classes that are just more about learning than, you know, like, just like credit and like looking good at colleges. So that's interesting that you bring that up. Uh, you would also just mention, you know, you would obviously had gotten some negative reactions to um, like wanting this class. Did that come through the sort of social media campaign like when you would sort of advertise this were there a lot of negative reaction from you know your peers towards this um yes sure. because oh, I, yeah. yeah after i sent out the social media form and everything like that and i was boosting the class and getting my friends to help me um some people were nice about it i under uh because a lot of people didn't like the idea of just an african-american culture class they wanted if it wasn't an all culture class, they would ask, well, why aren't you boosting for a Latino uh, culture class? Or why aren't you boosting for an Asian American class or something like that? And people were nice about it. Some people would just ask me and I would tell them how, well, you know, I'm a black girl. I would rather have my class. And not only that, but African-American history is something that's really, really pushed back and not taught in class. Yeah. I mean, I got to imagine like, you know, you're the one who like put in all this work, you know, with the BSU meetings, you're constantly like asking the school district, can you please help us? And then just, you know, they just say no. So you finally decide to do something, you know, how there's a slap in the face for people to come and just be like, well, why aren't you making a class for my culture? Yeah. I, 
I, I, I, and I, that is, uh, you know, it's just, it's great that you are so resilient to that and are able to say, no, I understand that other, you know, education, other cultures is important, but this is, you know, this is for me. This is for my, uh, like, I, I, you know, I am doing this because I care about education on black culture because it is, you know, so often erased from just normal educational environments. So I definitely understand that. And do you think like, it's gotta be, I mean, just so exhausting having your sort of identity constantly, um, like, or just wanting to be like included in other sort of like uh, diverse cultures. Like, you know, there is a time for just you, they were like, we can appreciate individual cultures by themselves. You brought up the melting pot earlier and how sort of like, when we just mesh all immigrant cultures together and just say, look, we all did it as a team. You know, that it, it, it's, it is erasing the real like origins of traditions and of cultures. And we lose out on, you know, appreciating individual things. I think it's so important that we just sort of take the time to look at, you know, individual cultures. So that's cool. That is, that is very, very cool. Um, and I, uh, I guess the, the next thing I sort of wanted to talk about is, I guess this is a, a hard question to answer, but what do you hope to see from people taking this class? Uh, you know, like people, you know, obviously they'll learn more about black culture and, you know, have this just experience that a lot of other schools haven't. But what do you, what would you want people to use this education for in their daily lives? Um, I'd say that it would open people's eyes a lot because especially considering, like I said, the backlash that I got of people saying how, well, you know, why not my culture? Why not this culture? I would really love for this class to show people that African-American culture, not only is it something that is pushed back a lot and people, um, a lot of the times they don't really look at it or if they do, they would either take something from it and then not give it credit. It's mm -hmm. always something that's happening. So I would like people to see that and open their eyes and notice not only how much black people are contributing to society, but how much we kind of deserve for our history to be shown and taught to people because like like i said i understand people wanting their culture to be pushed out or talked about and educated about but i also want people to see that it's been a long time coming for us to finally get a class like it is 2020 and yeah. slavery ended how long ago and educated education that was not segregated started how long ago mm -hmm. and i still go to class learning about a more whitewashed history that has nothing to do with my history or if it does i just learn about slavery yeah. and i just want people to see that it's we need this and it's been a long time coming and to finally have this class is something that is so so important and it's in no way um putting other cultures in the background or in the shadows but it's just to finally educate people about something that's so so important and that has such a great impact on the america that we know today so uh, i just yeah. want people to see that 
that's that's awesome to hear. So now I know that you mentioned, you know, it is it's 2020, right? Um, and I, you know, do you think that like right now, especially with current events, um, and just sort of this very transformational period in society, do you think you know spreading awareness uh, is more important than ever for uh, like? Uh, I guess it is like in your like individual agendas to succeed. Like I think social media is being used more than ever as a platform to spread information on injustices. Um, so, you know, obviously this class right now is a great time uh, because the more awareness there is, you know, obviously we can do something with that. So I guess I want to ask like, you know, what I know that you are very active on, uh, you know, activist social media in the sense that I know you that you share a lot do you think that this recent trend of using social media more especially with younger people do you think it has been beneficial and has resulted in a lot of positive change or do you think that people need to start doing more and it can't just be limited to you know sharing social media I'm curious about your thoughts on that I think it's both because I mm -hmm. um, like as a teenager myself and with very strict parents and a very strict household, I'm not able to do that much more. Yeah. Like during the protests and everything, I couldn't walk outside and protest, even though I wanted to, because my mother was scared for my safety. And she said, you cannot leave the house. You're staying in here. So I use social media as a way to spread awareness and show people what's happening so that more people know. And I see that social media it has had its positive out, um, outlooks because it gives tells people what's happening. It spreads awareness and um, it would not only spread the awareness, but it would spread petitions that would help stop things or prevent things or change things. Mm -hmm. And a lot of times teenagers use social media a lot. So that's like the best way to reach the youth and to get a change to happen. And we've seen a lot of change happen from the youth. But I also know that social media does have its negative parts because a lot of the time people try to use something like the Black Lives Matter hashtag or say her name or say his name as something to boost themselves on social media and to say that, oh, hey guys, look, I posted the Black Square on Tuesday to show my support for Black lives and then they go back to a normal feed and act as act as if black people or any other people, or any other culture, or any other organization, like they don't need help anymore. I know that a lot of people use um, the activist part of social media to just try to promote themselves. So I would say that there is a negative side, but I do see the positives and I hope that the positives continue to grow. But I, um, I would also like to see people doing more and trying to help their community more because um, even though social media is doing a lot, a lot of the times just sitting behind a computer or phone and sharing things, it doesn't do much and it doesn't make much of a change, even though we wish it does. So I do hope that a lot of people start to do things that they can. And if they can't go out and do something, then please do share stuff on social media and spread awareness. But if you can, and if they have that opportunity, I hope that, that they take that opportunity to make that change. All right. Yeah. So I, I, I want to talk about this a little bit more because I definitely agree with the negatives of like social media, how 
you know, important, like social media just being used as a platform for a constant, you know, sharing important information for people who need it. You know, when these protests happened, specifically over the summer after the death of George Floyd, we saw a lot of this, you know, of social media just being co-opted by performative activists, as they're being called. Um, and then it's just these hashtags and these trends are just sort of abandoned and there is no sort of long-term impact to like the, these certain parts of social media going viral. So I want to ask you, what do you think that people or what do you, what are the best things for people to share online and what are the best um, practices that people can do to make sure they are making a consistent difference and are using social media to its fullest potential? Like what type of information should be shared, uh, I guess? I would say that petitions and educational information would be the best things to share mm -hmm. because I know that um, signing petitions and doing those things, they do help. The more people who sign, the more things that can happen. And if we get a certain number of people, then um, it would force or put pressure on whoever you're trying to, to get achieve that change. And if you're spreading education, more people will learn about it and more people can educate themselves about that topic so that they can help or they can make a petition or they can do whatever they feel is necessary to help. Um, for me, I would feel, I, I feel as if the, Things that should not be shared on social media or they could be shared, but I don't think they do that much help is the trends like um, the I know during the summer, there was a trend where you would screenshot someone's black screen and then add the couple names on the side and then say this is because I support Black Lives Matter. Mm, yes. uh, even though it shows that you support Black Lives Matter. Um, I don't think it really did anything because a lot of people just use it for perform for, for performative action and it didn't really um, it didn't really make that much of a change. I know that the black square, even though it does seem like a performative action and a lot of people did use it up as a performative action, I saw a lot of um, people use it just to show that they were with Black Lives Matter, but it also on that day made a lot of people, when they go on social media and they're ready to just scroll endlessly on something, they would see a lot of black squares and it would um, show them that something is happening and that there's like a blackout on social media because Black Lives Matter needs to be seen. So I feel like it was a post that a hundred, a lot of people did on that time. It did help bring awareness, but at the same time, I feel like more should have been done. Um, but yeah, yeah, it's the trends where it's just, let me tag someone and say, I support black lives and then not do anything after. Hmm. Those are the ones that I feel should not be done. Or if you are doing the trend, please do something afterwards. Don't just post that you're with black lives matter. And then that's it. You go back to posting selfies or whatever and you never spread awareness again. Hmm. So yeah, I'd say if you really want to make a change, you can do the trend, but also post petitions or post educational things, or maybe post the news to show that it's happening. Do whatever you can to post awareness, but don't try to just do a simple trend that just says that, oh, you're an ally, but then you don't do anything afterwards to actually make a change. Uh, that, that's, that's great advice. Uh, so I guess as sort of as a 
uh, uh, one thing I want to focus on is specifically what can we do in Las Vegas? You know, using like obviously it's important to focus on our community and as a city um, trying to, you know, be a a role model, I guess is the right word, or to try to improve on ourselves. Do you think that Las Vegas, um, or like like our, our progress socially, do you think it is okay? Or, and if it's not, what do you think needs to change locally, either in our governments or, or in like just commercially uh, for Las Vegas to be, you know, better about certain racial injustices i'm just curious to hear your thoughts um i know that well from the side that i've seen las vegas has been doing a good job at trying to make social change Mm -hmm. like i did participate myself i went to a meeting where they were trying to eliminate a cash bail legislation which basically um really affected black lives in a very negative way as it would uh people who would be ticketed for something as like sleeping on a bench or if you got a ticket for um, speeding or you and you couldn't pay it because you were in poverty or you just couldn't pay it at that time, you would be put in jail and then stuck there forever because you can never pay it. So I know that with the whole Black Lives Matter situation and a lot of petitions were signed and a lot of things were done. And I know that that was passed so or movement was made so that that could be eliminated, which was a petition that was made that forced our um, local council to do. I know that there were a lot of protests that were made. A lot of people went and a lot of people saw that there was an issue. So I would say that we have a good amount of social change in Las Vegas, but I would also say that I wish I still saw it because after the summer and everything, I noticed that it died down and that Las Vegas is kind of back to the way that it was before. 2020 and everything like that so i wish Mm. that there was more of a social change and more things were being done all right well that's good to hear that las vegas is doing all right with that but uh i think uh i think that was was a good place to end naika i really appreciate you being here this was an awesome interview and i am very excited uh, to hear about what the African American experience class looks like next year. Unfortunately, I won't have the opportunity to take it. You know, I am graduating this year, but I think it will be a class that stays around for a very long time. And it is cool to see that ATEC is, you know, one of the first to offer it. I think it's great that, you know, we are the school that is willing to do that and have an administration that you know, we'll listen to students. I think that's awesome. So thank you for talking uh, to me so much. Uh, I really appreciate it. Uh, Hope you have a good day. You too. Thank you for having me. Yeah, no problem. All right. Well, there you have it. The first episode of the ATEC experience. I hope you guys all enjoyed and, you know, depending on the platform you're listening to, whether it's YouTube, Spotify, or Apple Podcasts, make sure to, you know, Leave a like, leave a rating, comment, I don't know, but it helps. Uh, more people can find the podcast and get to know all the great people ATEC has to offer. And if you want to see more content and you want to see certain guests, make sure you add to the Google form, submit something, suggest a guest, you know, put a community announcement, personal advertisement, whatever. I want to see more content from everyone because it makes a podcast better. Um, yeah, that's really it. Hope you guys enjoyed listening and I wish you all a pleasant week.